everyone, I am Evaiwa, and this is Faye for Thought, a podcast where you and I bond over our love of all things Faye while I share with you my thoughts about some of our favorite fantasy TV shows. Welcome to episode 12 of my podcast. This will be, for now, the last episode that we make on the topic of Vikings, because episode 9 and 10 have already aired and we are now in the very big pause that is between the two halves of the last season of Vikings. Now let's talk firstly about episode 9 called The Resurrection before we move to the big mid-season final. Let's start with everything that is happening at Kattegat. Bjorn now takes Ingrid as his second wife, Gunhild's suggestion. It seems like an obvious solution to a problem that Bjorn has had forever. He cannot seem to stick with one person by his side. But the thing is that he is always interested in what is unknown, what is forbidden, so to speak, and once he has already conquered someone, so to say, he loses interest. So when you think about it like this, probably taking Ingrid as his second wife is not the greatest idea ever, because he will tire of her anyway, and then what, he's going to take a third wife, a fourth wife, a fifth wife? When does it end? And he's going to tire of everybody else. I think the most obvious solution is for him to not marry at all. Just do whatever you want, Bjorn, but do not commit to people. Do not be like, oh my god, I love you so much, let's get married, let's have children, and then a couple of months later be like, okay, I'm done with this. Also, if he is not a king, it wouldn't matter that much. So maybe he's not fit to be a king. Okay, let's move on to the next topic that happens next. So the wedding seems pretty great, to be honest. It is visually a feast for the eyes, much like a lot of other ritual-type scenes were in the previous episodes, like the cinematography in this last season has been pretty great. So after the wedding, Bjorn is making out with his new wife and Gunnhild is walking by, trying to be cool with it and stuff, but she is clearly not having the best time of her life, let's just say it like this. Eric tries to awkwardly give her a compliment about how generous she is, about how great she is dealing with stuff, and so on, but Gunnhild basically tells him to shut up and walks away from him. She then proceeds to talk with Ingrid and tells her a story about Freyr or something like this. The goddess of fertility, who, according to legends, cries tears of gold when she misses her husband Loki. And then there are other things said and Honestly, the conversation is kind of confusing. I'm not sure what the whole point that was. I'm not sure Ingrid got the point of whatever Gunhild was trying to say. So after the celebration, 
Gunhild and Bjorn are lying together in bed and Bjorn seems very awkward. So Gunhild kind of has to push him to act on whatever he wants to do. She's like, go to her. This is your wedding night. She is your new wife. You're supposed to spend this night with her. It is how it is supposed to be. You've made a decision, so you gotta stick with your decision. And Fiona's like, mm, yeah, sure. I just, I didn't want to hurt you, you know. But if you say I can go, I will go, I guess. Ugh, such a guy move. It kind of reminds me of how guys, like, they know a, a relationship is over, so to speak. They're not that interested in the partner that they have. Maybe this is happening right now on the show. But anyway, guys in situations like this, instead of being like, okay, we probably need to break up, they start to be very distant. They start to act like assholes, like basically pushing the person who is their partner to break up with them instead of doing it themselves because they are lazy and afraid. But the most interesting thing that happens is when Gunhild is by herself, finally she can be alone with all of the thoughts that she has in her head, with all of the feelings that she has. Because all the time before this she had to pretend that she was fine, she had to be strong and to tell Bjorn what to do. But now she's finally alone and she can be herself. She can feel all that she wants to feel. And what she feels is sadness. And she cries. But we see that the tear that is like sliding down on her cheek is golden. Like the, like the story that she told Ingrid. So what is that about? Is, is Sheer God? What? I was kind of confused by this. I didn't quite understand what it was supposed... Was it just a symbolic thing that the show decided to do? Or are we supposed to take it as canon and think that Gunhild is like a goddess or something? Or maybe at this point the goddess Freyr kind of blessed her I don't know. I'm very confused. As I am usually watching this show. So the next day, Bjorn is concerned about his kingdom and decides to send Eric to patrol the borders because he is now worried that Harold might attack. And I gotta say, it is kind of weird how much Bjorn relies on Eric. And not just relies on him, he kind of uses him. I mean, it seems kind of ungrateful because Eric basically saved his life and Bjorn was like, oh my god, thank you so much, I am forever grateful to you. And now he's just like, you're gonna do whatever I say you are going to do. He treats him like a servant, doesn't even treat him like a warrior. He's like, just do this, no questions asked, just go, I command you. So now Eric and his people stumble upon a Rus raiding party. Fighting proceeds, not much, nothing much significant happens in this fighting, except we see that Ivor is also there and Hwitzirk is for 
some reason also there. So they see each other and they're like, wow, I didn't know you were here. Well, I didn't know you were here too. And Fitzgerald is like, bitch, what are you wearing? Because Ivor is now dressed in rough fashion. Then in the next scene, we see them lying together in a boat, snuggling next to each other. Fitzgerald sleeps like a baby. And Ivor is like, why are you always haunting me, Fitzgerald? Why? What is happening? And I'm like, Ivor, that is not haunting. Did you know what happened to Fitzgerald? Like the visions that he had, you don't know. This is like, you can't even compare the two. So meanwhile, Eric goes back to Bjorn and shares what happened, tells him about this raiding party, and Gunhild immediately knows what to do, and that is to go to Harold for help. After all, that was the whole point of electing a king of all Norway for situations like this, so that all of the kingdoms in Norway can gather together and protect themselves against a bigger threat. And Ingrid is like trying to shade her. She's like, you're only saying this because, well, Harold asked for your hand. But it doesn't work. Like, nobody's paying attention to whatever she has to say. Um, Bjorn agrees that this is what has to be done. And since, again, Eric... He's like his servant boy or whatever to go to Harold and do his bidding to ask him for help. So now in Kiev, Fritzirk and Ivor have arrived together and Fritzirk seems much better, to be honest. He's eating, he has color in his face. He does seem better. I don't know how long they have traveled. I don't know what exactly happened, but it seems kind of weird how much better he is. Doesn't quite make sense, like uh, all of his addiction is gone, he went through withdrawal, he is no longer suffering from PTSD and from addiction. Weird. Anyway, so Quitzirk tells Ivor that he has killed Agatha and he sounds very proud of himself and of the fact that it was him and not Ivor who killed her. He also kind of laughs diabolically and Ivor is like, okay, good for you. Like, Ivor doesn't even seem to care that much about Agatha. Probably he is kind of over everything that has happened in the past and is looking forward to the future. Something like this, I guess. So next, Ivor introduces Fitzirk to Oleg and Katya. And after that, when he is alone with Fitzirk and... Igor, he's like, did you see that? Did you see the thing? What do you think about the thing? Like, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know what I mean. And Fitzgerald's like, uh, no, I don't. So Ivor has to be like, Katya, it's Katya. Katya looks exactly like my dead wife, the wife that I killed. Fitzgerald's like, but you killed her. And I was like, yeah, I know she's dead. But she looks exactly like her. And Fitzgerald is like, bitch, you crazy. I think that he is purposely gaslighting Ivor. He acts like Katya looks nothing like his wife. Because he probably wants to make Ivor think that 
all of this is just in his head. He probably wants to make him doubt himself and stuff like this. Or maybe it's just something that Ivor sees somehow, truly. I don't know. But I think the first option makes much more sense than Ivor truly being delusional. Although it could be like his guilt making him this way, but we also have seen Oleg use that. We've seen Katya use that. So I don't know. We will see in the next 10 episodes, I guess. Later, when Ivor and Hvitserk are walking around in Kiev, a messenger sent by Tyr approaches them and gives him the secret message. And I'm wondering if Hvitserk is going to somehow use this information. Now he knows that Ivor is playing Olik. He knows that he's plotting something, so is he going to use that against Ivor? We will see again in the next 10 episodes. By the way, the episode ends with a view of this big Rus' army marching in the snow. We see how many of them there are and Oleg like proclaims that this is the end of paganism. It's the end of an era in history, most likely the end for this show. It is like a metaphor for the show ending as the storyline of the Vikings in the show is also near the end. And this scene kind of reminded me of Lord of the Rings. I think it was also like the end of one of the movies when Saruman was overlooking a giant army of orcs and it was supposed to look terrifying and it looked terrifying. We were supposed to be very worried about our characters and how they are going to survive fighting this army and stuff like this. Now let's move quickly to King Harald's court. So Eric arrives before Harald, gives him his message. Harald acts like very tough, like he is going to kill him, like he doesn't care about what he has to say. But personally, I think he's kind of pretending he wants to appear strong uh, for the people around him. And that's my personal opinion. Later, when he is alone with Olaf, Olaf is like, this is what I was talking about. This is the giant threat that we should all defend each other against. So we should do something about this. You should listen to what this guy has to say. And Harold is like, okay, I will listen to it. So he listens to Eric, but is also very reluctant to work with Bjorn again. He thinks that he is very untrustworthy and is not very excited about the fact that he became king like yesterday and already he has to do with some very serious shit. But he also like knows what has to be done, so he's like, okay, Eric, go to Bjorn, tell him that all of his people should come here to me. This is where we will make our stand. But Bjorn also has to admit that he is king and bend the knee, so to speak. And lastly, let's talk about what happens in Iceland. So this so-called traveler, this mysterious guy called Oter, crushes the party of Uwe and Torvi. 
And we see that the guy playing Otter is the actor Ray Stevenson, who I like very much. He got famous because of his role of Titus Poole in Rome. Rome was an HBO drama. It only had two seasons, but it was very, very important and very interesting. It was Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones. It aired from 2005 to 2007. And by the way, a lot of the actors that played there also have roles in Game of Thrones. So, yeah. Another role that Ray Stevenson had that I very much enjoyed was as Blackbeard in Black Sails. Another show that I like very, very much. So this guy, Oter, he shares with everybody there his story about being lost on the water without any food and water to drink. And then he sees this like golden land, this perfect land that has like trees and stuff and it looks beautiful and everyone is like wow this sounds amazing by the way this land is probably America and you can tell that this guy has told this story so so many times before that it's like some people have like a story that they enjoy telling very much and when they are telling it, it always seems like super rehearsed and this is like what I got from this scene. Like when people hear it for the first time, they're like, oh my god, wow. But then they hear it for the second time and for the third time and they realize that this guy just likes to talk a lot. So they're like not that impressed anymore. But Uwe is like super excited about it. He wants to go to this land. But is still wondering about Floki, asks Oter if he knows something about it, but there's like, nah, I never met Floki, which seems very suspicious. So Torby is beginning to give birth, but is having a very difficult birth. Screaming, she is in pain, she's sweating, and Uwe is like, why it is taking so long? When is my delivery going to be here? I've waited for a long, long time. Uh, it's very annoying in this scene. Then Oter appears and he offers to help with the prayer, which is a very nice thing of him to do. And everyone's like, okay, thanks, you're welcome. And meanwhile, the midwife is like, we have to perform a cesarean. The baby is in bridge or something like this, so we kind of have to cut it out of her. But back then, this was not something that people usually survived. So everyone is panicking. And Torvi sees Harry. She is clearly in a state between life and death. This is like her defining moment when she decides if she wants to die, basically, or if she wants to fight for her life and the life of her unborn child as well. And she's like, Harley, this is not the time. Goodbye. I'm staying. Which is exactly what Tori is as a person. She is a fighter. She would fight for her and for her child. So again, it was so out of character for her. That scene that we saw only a couple of episodes before. The scene where she wanted to sacrifice herself to accompany 
like her too, in her death, so to speak. Like, it was so out of character, it still boggles my mind. And meanwhile, it appears that no cesarean is necessary. It would seem like, like the baby has repositioned itself and is now ready to eat the fuck out of Tori and everyone is fine and everyone is happy. But Uwe has noticed something about the way Uther was praying. He was apparently praying to the Christian God. And Uther is like, well, to be perfectly honest, I kind of lied to you guys. I was a priest named Atostan. Out of all the names, Atostan. He had met a man, a Danish wanderer by the name Uther. He lies about how this Uther guy was dying. But in a flashback, we see that he actually killed him. And also, in this flashback, he looks exactly the same as the guy he's killing. So, what's that about? I don't know. Uh, so, basically, he admits that he has lied about everything and he has adopted Otero's identity and has been pretending to be him. But the one thing that he did not lie about is actually seeing this golden land. And Uvi is like, I'm gonna kill you because you're a Christian, you're my enemy, we hate Christians, Christians bad, we could. It does make a lot of sense, and Tori has to remind him, like, you were baptized, we lived amongst, amongst um, Christians for a very long time. So, chill a little bit, okay? So, after Uwe decides to not kill Otero, Otero decides as a sign of gratitude to be honest to him and tell him what he knows about Floki. He gives him Floki's wedding ring. Supposedly, Floki gave him the ring as he was leaving the, the settlement. He, like, removed all of his clothes and just went away. That's all that happened, it would seem. And also, now that we have this mention of Atelstan and Christians and all of our characters' involvement with the Christians, I'm kind of wondering what happened with that storyline? Why did the show gave up completely on everything that is happening in England and with Alfred? Like, I'm enjoying very much what is happening right now with Doris and Oleg and so on, but like, why did we completely drop everything else? Is it a matter of the actors not being available or something like this? Which doesn't make any sense, like, if that was the case, we would probably get some mention about England. We don't even get any mention about England. Maybe in the next 10 episodes. Like, now that we have another 10 episodes till the end of the season, we can at least hope that everything that was not resolved or mentioned in this first 10 episodes might get its chance in the next 10. At least I am hoping so. So now, let's talk about the mid-season final, episode 10 of season 6. The episode is called The Best Late Plans. Late. <laughs> I don't think anybody gets laid in this episode, but anyway. So this one begins with Bjorn looking old AF, again 
The show makes a point of showing how Bjorn is very tired and feels like some weight on his shoulders, the same way that they did with Ragnar. My buddies are kind of love right now. They are seeing a bunch of seagulls outside and are trying to communicate with them, but I think it will be fine. So let's continue with the recording. So now, maybe, maybe this won't work. There are a lot of seagulls. Are you gonna be polite? Hmm? Okay. So Bjorn now shares his plans for the defense. Harald is kind of doubting him, but he also doesn't have any solution, so everybody does whatever Bjorn suggests, I guess. It seems that the vassals are not that excited to come and help defend Norway against the Rus people. It would seem like they do not care that much about Harald as a king, so Bjorn is like, okay, invite them, but in my name, don't say that Harald is the one inviting them, say that I am the one inviting them. Again, everybody seems to believe that Bjorn is great, which he is not, I don't know. So it would also seem that Gunnhild has been taking some lessons from Wygerta about doing stupid stuff. So here she is, pregnant AF, doing some very intense physical labor, which of course results in a miscarriage. Like, what did you expect? When she is talking to Bjorn about it, she seems kind of cold even. She's very logical. She is like, we do not have time to mourn right now, we need to think about our defense, this is more important, and so on and so on. But we later see her alone, burying her son, and it is, it is a heartbreaking scene, probably the most heartbreaking, to me at least, because like even the death of Agartha personally did not affect me that much as the way that this scene was presented. It truly hurts just to see it. Meanwhile, Harold is trying to seduce Ingrid to his side. He is assuming that she is guided by ambition just like him and wants to make her the queen of all Norway. He is like, you will always be the second wife, you are not that important, but with me you can be queen of all Norway and blah blah blah. It would seem that Harald is again very jealous of Bjorn. I guess he thought once he became king he would be satisfied, but it would seem that it was not enough. Bjorn has two wives. He has the admiration and the trust of everyone. Again, I don't know why, but he does. So Harald tries to take something from him again. He continues to try and convince Ingrid to be his wife. He wants to sleep with her and when she is not interested in that, she very firmly refuses him. He proceeds to rape her and it was horrible and it was unnecessary and I hated it. And I gotta say the next morning even Harold seems to kind of hate himself as well. 
in the other camp, the Rust camp, Fitzirk seems very excited to fight against Bjorn. He has apparently embraced a path of destruction, I guess it was something like this. Again, he seems way too okay compared to a couple of episodes before this. Like, how did he just magically got better? What happened there? It does not make a lot of sense to get over everything that he has been going through so quickly. So probably he's not quite over it. Probably there is something going on in his mind that he is just hiding or I don't know. It's weird. So Katya, for some reason, is trying to seduce Ivor. She wears a blonde wig to try and resemble Freydis even more. And I gotta say, where did she get that wig from? Like, it is such a good quality and I do not believe that in this time of history people were able to make such good wigs. I don't know. So now the next day she is talking to Ivor again, but this time about Prince Tyr and his alliance to him and how she wants in on it. Which, to be honest, sounds like something that Oleg has put her up to. Like, it doesn't make sense that she would be willing to switch camp that fast. And it would also make sense because we have already seen Oleg use her to play games with Ivor. So it's probably some part of a plan that he has put in motion. So now the battle begins and it is extremely confusing because the storyline is all over the place. We see Ivor laying the plans for the attack while the attack is actually happening. But we then also see Ivor and Bjorn sitting on the beach together and talking. And then there is also another attack that involves all of the people that were in the previous attack, so so they couldn't be happening all at the same time. So it's like, so I'm going to call the attack on the beach the first timeline. Then I'm going to call the attack that is happening in the river the second timeline. And then I am going to call the conversation between Bjorn and Ivor the third weird thing. Just like this. Okay, so, by the way, I gotta say, all of this timeline stuff is still not as confusing as The Witcher on Netflix. The way that the storylines on the show are happening is such a mess, and I don't know who the hell decided to make it this way. But let's go back to Vikings. So, I gotta say, I like all of the battles, like the colors, the choreography of the fights, Everything is very pleasing to the eye. It might not make a lot of sense, but again, it is still pleasing to the eye. So, timeline one, the fight on the beach. I gotta say, I find it very weird that Harold is fighting while Bjorn is just standing there giving commands. Like, you can't have 
your actual king fighting and then Bjorn be like yeah I'm gonna pretend that I'm very important and just stand here and not actually fight with anybody he proceeds to fight but later quite quite later by the way in this first timeline Harold dies fighting it seemed like he was ready to fight ever since this morning it would seem like he was just done with life he realized that he would never be satisfied and probably never be happy so he's like i'm gonna die like a warrior and go to Valhalla which is like every viking solution to every problem ever if you're not happy just die everything will be great in Valhalla and Bjorn also dies killed by Ivor which makes a lot of sense and honestly I did not care about that I just don't care about Bjorn if you think about it what has he done that last season has he done anything important he married Ingrid we don't care about that he tried to be king of Kattegat but technically wasn't much of a king Uwe ruled most of the time uh, he tried to be king of all Norway he failed in that so so far he's he hasn't done anything he his character just I don't care about his character so I'm fine with him dying and also if he actually dies guess who is going to be the ruler I mean if like if the Russ technically don't defeat them or I don't know Gunnhild would be the ruler she would be queen and I am here for it speaking of Gunnhild in the second timeline the fight on the river Gunnhild fights with Oleg and it was very interesting to see them together fighting against one another but Gunnhild was still surrounded by a lot of people so if she had stayed there she would have died so thank the gods she did the smart thing in this case jump, she jumped in the water and swam away to save herself and to live to fight another day so the third weird thing the conversation between Ivor and Bjorn happens parallel to everything else that is happening so maybe it's just like some sort of metaphor for everything else that is happening the conversation between them is about how Bjorn is like very convinced that he is favored by the gods probably because everyone keeps telling him that he is and Avar is like no you can't win there's no way you can win you're not favored by the gods just get over yourself so Bjorn dies, Ivor kills him, Ivor is victorious, the Russ are victorious, everyone is celebrating Ivor and Hvitserk are there, Hvitserk continues to seem very well and very happy, again very weird, and then the episode ends. So what was real, what wasn't real, are we ever going to understand that? God, I hope Bjorn... <laughs> I know this sounds very weird but I hope Bjorn is actually dead I do not want to continue to see him in the next 10 episodes 
So I hope that part was real. I hope that Gunhild is fine. I hope she does not get tortured by Ivor or Oleg or anybody. She has been through enough and deserves some happiness. Ingrid, I do not care about what happens to Ingrid. Harold, I also don't care about Harold. It would be better if he is dead, but again, I don't care that much. And I want to see what Hvitserk is up to. I feel like he is planning something against Ivor. I feel like he is going to try to kill him, maybe even succeed. I feel like we are going to get a lot of death in the next episode. It seems like the show wants to end with most of the characters dead, so that the ending would be complete, so to speak. I kind of get that impression. And what would happen with Iceland? I have like no idea. I don't know if I care about it that much, so I don't know. So that is for now about Vikings. I am going to continue my podcast, but I am going to choose a new topic. I have some ideas in my head, so expect something new from me very soon. You probably know where you can find this podcast, but let me tell you just in case. You can find it on its anchor page, that is anchor.fm slash fay-for-thought. Fay is spelled F-A-E. On Twitter, you can find this podcast under the username at fayforthought underscore. There is also a Facebook page where I post regular updates. For comments, questions, and suggestions, feel free to use the email address fayforthought at gmail.com. Or you can send me a voice message on the Anchor profile page where you can find all of the social media info and all of the platforms the podcast is connected to, like Spotify, Stitcher, and so on. My personal Twitter is at ifiwa underscore and my personal Instagram is at ifiwa underscore g. That is for today, guys. Till next time. Skol!